This is Bob Hanley. You're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Snyder with scores. Now it's Doug Fidel scores. Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores. Kylie Elmiller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Bob Hamley inside. Come on, back of the bat. Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome to another episode of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast. Today we are joined by Bob Hamley, two-time NLL champion and general manager of the newest NLL team, the Panther City Lacrosse Club. Bob, welcome to the show. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're a native of Ontario. We, we're going to get into the Panther City news a little bit, but we want to start off, too, your, with your playing career. When did you first pick up a stick and uh, who introduced you to the game? Uh, funny story. I uh, was born uh, in Owen Sound, Ontario, uh, a pretty good hub for lacrosse uh, mm. back in the day and still is. And uh, actually, my mom read it uh, to my dad in the newspaper that uh, lacrosse registration was opening up. And uh, so they signed me up. I was four years old when I started playing lacrosse. I had some uncles that played. And, uh, and uh, so actually it was my mom. And my dad was a big-time hockey player in town. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I played hockey as well, you know, in town. Fantastic. And obviously it's stuck, right? You, you, you played professionally for a number of years with, with the Bandits, including winning back-to-back championships in the early 90s, 92, 93. What was it like winning uh, those championships as a professional? Well, it was, uh, and thanks for bringing it up because it brings back some great memories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we played in the old auditorium and uh, the, the city of Buffalo took to the game pretty quickly. We were playing in front of 16,325 uh, regularly in the odd. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always said it, uh, every lacrosse player person should experience that. It was a, just an incredible experience. You know, normally most of us played in front of our friends and family in a local arena or uh, throughout Ontario so to to have that experience was fantastic and then to win two championships um, was uh, was fantastic you look at those teams in Buffalo in 92 and 93 they're just loaded with talent and great goaltending great coaching Les Bartley Buff McCready John Meridian it was a great time to be a lacrosse player I was very fortunate uh, I was probably middle to late in my career so I, I felt very fortunate to be part of those teams no, that's great. And uh, your lacrosse career obviously didn't end there. Uh, when you hung up the, the gear, uh, what kind of got you interested in getting behind the bench and also in the front office? Well, the game gets in your blood, as you guys know, mm-hmm. and it's just such a fantastic game. And, and when I finished playing, I wanted to stay involved. So I did some coaching in the junior ranks up in Ontario with Kitchener and Guelph. And eventually, um, you know, lucky enough that uh, Bob McMahon uh, brought me into Albany uh, in the early 2000s. And we had some success there and then moved on uh, into Columbus. But it was was always, um, you know, part of me to stay involved in the game and whatever I could. And luckily for me, I, I got a chance to, to coach at the, the highest level and, uh, you know, the rest 
kind of fell uh, into my uh, in, into place from there. So sure, yeah. And you mentioned your time in Columbus. You're obviously no stranger to spearheading a team in a new city, right? You know, uh, <laughs> albeit not an expansion franchise, right? You were there when the Land Sharks moved to Arizona to become the Sting, right? So talk about that experience a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. The Columbus one was really interesting because Montreal came in at the same time, and it was an interesting year in Columbus. We uh, every weekend we were on a bus. We were on a bus, whether we were playing in Columbus or Albany or, or uh, you know, uh, we, we got to jet away to Calgary, I think, once in that schedule. It was a great year. It was uh, a young Dan Dawson, a young Peter Locke, um, some great uh, Ryan Cousins, some great uh, personalities. We had a lot of fun that year on the bus. You had to. And then uh, we got the chance to move to Arizona, and that was, uh, again, challenging because we, we – we're in a year that the CBA needed to, to um, get um, renewed and it was a new team, new arena. We were the first event in the, in the Glendale arena uh, in, in Arizona, uh, December 26, 2013. Um, so getting ready for that was uh, what a great experience. It was hard work, but uh, we literally had to get a CBA done, get guys booked on flights, get them contracts. Uh, I can remember some phone calls, guys weren't going to sign for the money they, that I was offering them. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm on to the next guy because I got to leave in two or three days. You're either on the plane or you're not. So a lot of interesting stories, but Arizona was a great experience. Uh, working for the Coyotes, got to meet Wayne Gretzky numerous times. Our guys did, and uh, we had some success there. Uh, but uh, building a team is a lot of hard work, a little bit of luck, and uh, we had a little bit of both uh, in Arizona. And that's great. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, building now this Panther City Lacrosse Club. Um, but before that, too, I, I know you're now the head director, national director of Box Lacrosse with 3D Lacrosse, as well as the Texas director. Talk to me about that current position and, you know, kind of uh, growing the game of Box Lacrosse from the grassroots in the States. Yeah, no, great question. And uh, I've, I've been very fortunate, again, to stay in lacrosse and 3D mm -hmm. lacrosse gave me that, uh, that platform. Uh, great company, great people have helped a lot of kids throughout the nation uh, with their lacrosse, getting them to schools that maybe they normally wouldn't have got to mm -hmm. without their lacrosse. And 3D is a great training ground for our kids. And so it allowed me again to stay in the game uh, to, to be a full-time lacrosse guy is, uh, is very rewarding. And uh, it, uh, it's making an impact on kids, uh, giving them the chance, showing them the game of box lacrosse. So 3D in our methodology, we do a lot of training um, in the box. It's a small side of play, lots of reps, understanding how to play fast and understanding how to play in confined areas. And that's what uh, our training has done at 3D Lacrosse. And uh, very fortunate to be a part of them. And the game is growing here in Texas uh, throughout the state. Uh, you know, you look at the Houstons, Austin, and obviously Dallas, Fort Worth here. Uh, a lot of kids are picking up sticks and playing the game. And uh, why not? It's such a great game. And it allows uh, kids to, uh, you know, to flourish with it. Great. Yeah. And, you know, with your ties to Texas, it really made you a perfect fit for, for this Panther City GM position. What uh, let's talk kind of a little bit about the interview process and what really is getting you uh, kind of excited uh, in this position. Obviously, tons to be excited about. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, I've always kept uh, my name out there within the NLL circles. I have a lot of great friends that are GMs of, of other teams and coaches and always kept in touch. And, you know, Mr. Bibb fortunately gave me a call. We talked and we talked a few times and, um, you know, with COVID hitting and everything, uh, we weren't sure that uh, we were even going to get going and um, he stayed with it and his credit to Mr. Cameron and Mr. Bibb stayed with it. And, and here we are today, but uh, went through the process and I know uh, knowing Greg now, he's very thorough. Uh, he, he does a great job of, of doing his due diligence. And, and fortunately for me, he, um, he came to me in, um, in August and, and, and asked if I would be his general manager. And I, I, I couldn't be happier. I'm, I'm thrilled to uh, have that clean slate, uh, a blank slate, if you will, mm-hmm. to build a, a winning franchise for him in a great city with, uh, with uh, a, a great state behind us. No, that's great. And, uh, you know, what about Greg Bibb and this organization's vision too? have really uh, made you excited about, you know, the future of this franchise and, you know, you know, the future of the NLL too, in general. Absolutely. That's uh, what's great about my time now here in the NLL versus maybe even back uh, when I first started the ownership groups that we have now in the national cross league are really second to none. Uh, some great people that want to grow the game and, and Greg's no different. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to grow the game. He believes in the product. Uh, he comes from a sports background, which is huge for the National Cross League. He understands how to sell tickets. He understands how to run a sports organization. And uh, he already has a great group um, selling tickets, sponsorship, marketing uh, with, the, with the Dallas Wings and the WNBA. Mm-hmm. So they understand the sports landscape. They understand the state. They understand the, the, the dynamics in Fort Worth and uh, you know, the, the NLL is lucky to have them and um, I'm very fortunate to be part of a, a great organization that's going to take the game to the next level here. Yeah, we're really excited to see the league grow and also uh, this new franchise. So speaking of growing, obviously one part of that is, is uh, uh, hiring some coaches, right? So when can we expect uh, an announcement on, on a coaching staff? Yeah, I think we're getting really close. I think uh, our plan is probably in the new year to uh, announce uh, our head coach. Uh, We're getting very close. Um, I would love to love to say we have it, but uh, we're going to wait until the new year. And um, the one thing moving forward, we have a year before we start playing. So we can, we can take our time. And as as I said, uh, Greg does his due diligence. It's very thorough. And uh, he's uh, asked me to be the same way in this respect. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to be thorough and, and get the right man. We're excited when that announcement does come. And uh, we have a few fan questions too, that we want to kind of ask a little bit too. Um, uh, one of them that we have from playing from behind on Twitter wants to know, what have you learned from the expansion draft strategies of other teams like San Diego, Philadelphia, New York, Rochester? Um, and will you be kind of open to making some side deals when it comes to protected players, when this uh, expansion draft does happen? Great question. Uh, you know, actually, in the expansion drafts, you don't really learn anything from the, the teams picking, but you do learn a little bit about what teams are going to protect. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, the Georgia Swarm, I believe, in the last expansion, uh, didn't protect any goalies. They went with 11 runners. So they left all their goalies exposed. Now Mike Coolen was an unrestricted, unrestricted free agent, so it wouldn't be worth an expansion team's uh, 
uh, a pick to pick him because he could go anywhere. But mm -hmm. so I think you learn more about um, what teams will protect and how they look at, um, you know, the expansion draft versus um, the philosophies of, of uh, the teams in the expansion. The one thing that's going to be different for us, of course, is we're going to be the only team, um, you know, the last two expansions have had two teams uh, picking. So mm -hmm. we're, we're fortunate there. We won't have to compete against anybody for players. We'll be picking one from each team. As far as um, side deals, you know, that really won't be up to us. That'll be, that'll be the motivation of the other teams. We're going to pick the best player available that we see uh, that's available. And then we won't know that until, you know, after the NLL season is done, uh, hopefully next September. And uh, we'll have to uh, be prepared. And we've, in my mind, I've already started uh, preparing to, for those uh, for those drafts. But uh, really, it's going to be up to uh, what's protected, what's available, and uh, what the motivation is of the teams that uh, maybe want to um, get a player back. Sure. And, and kind of what, when you do formulate that team, we had a, another fan question. John Erickson wants to know, what type of lacrosse team are you looking to create uh, with Panther City? Yeah, another great question. Yeah, you know, the game of box across, as you guys know, and, and our fans know, it's about speed. It's about grit and toughness. And uh, we, we want to be disciplined, too. Uh, the one thing I would actually uh, add to that is, is uh, and I touched on it at our reveal, uh, community is very important to me, very important to our ownership group, not only just building the game of box across within the community, but also being a part of the community and charities, our youth, um, you know, it, it's very important to, to me and our franchise that we find guys that uh, want to embrace the community, be a part of it, not just uh, fly in and fly out. We want to be uh, supporting our, our, our great city of Fort Worth. And uh, that'll be important to us when we're looking at the draft as well. No, that's great. And then our final fan question is uh, from Dawson Bosco. He wants to know what team do you see becoming maybe Panther city's biggest rival? Again, that's kind of hard to, to predict right now, but you know, any teams based on maybe some of your past relationships that you're looking forward to uh, building some rivalries with? No, it's a good one. Uh, you know, I think geography, a lot of times, you know, you look at the Buffalo, Toronto, Buffalo, Rochester, mm -hmm. um, you know, Calgary, Saskatchewan. So I think, I think Colorado, San Diego, mm -hmm. I guess you can maybe even throw uh, Georgia in there um, being uh, down in the South. So I think those four teams naturally, just because of geography will, mm -hmm. I think become, um, you know, rivals with, with kind of Colorado being, uh, you know, the closest and, and probably will become a rival being in the West. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a team that you once coached for and were GM for. So, you know, you got a little bit of that connection as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, I also want to talk to you about our affiliate, Smart Backstop. Smart Backstop is different from traditional backstops in that it actually attaches to your net, preventing any missed shots up to four feet high and wide of the net. It can also be easily folded down behind the net for easy storage. Plus, this thing is built to last and is used by some of the top college teams. 
I'm someone who spent countless hours chasing missed shots in my backyard as a kid, and I wish I had this on my net. It would have saved me a lot of time and money on lost lacrosse balls. The best thing is right now, Smart Backstop is giving listeners $20 off their purchase and free shipping. Just use the code PLT at checkout, place your order, and then get practicing. Now we're going to go into our, our five and five. Uh, did you have any pregame superstitions or routines when you played? I always like to be early. I can remember uh, playing in Buffalo and being out on the floor and there was nobody in the building, just uh, some ticket people or mm. uh, the concessions starting open. I like to be early. I was uh, always wanted to be mentally prepared. And, and I felt if I was at the arena by myself or with other players, then I was uh, getting ready for the game. But other than that, no real superstitions. Awesome. And then number two, what was your favorite venue to play or coach at during your career? Uh, playing, obviously, it was the auditorium. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the old Spectrum we won our first championship in in 92 was uh, a great place to play. And then I got to play in the Boston Garden. So that those three right there stand out. And then as a coach, um, you know, coaching against the Mammoth when I was in Arizona, Colorado was always uh, an exciting place to uh be the visitor in mm-hmm. and uh then i got to coach there as a as the home team coach so a, a great venue for for the nll as well awesome yeah no the loud house is always one that gets brought up a lot by a lot of people um, yes number three what was your favorite team to coach or manage and why well arizona that's really where i cut my teeth as a mm-hmm. as a head coach general manager and um I was very fortunate. The Coyotes let me uh, do my do my thing with the team, and uh, we had a great staff: Bob McMahon and Rick Wilson. And we 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 were able to you know build a winner, and uh, which always uh, adds to to the flavor. Of course, you want to win. Mm. But uh, yeah, Arizona was was my dream job, and right now uh, I'm getting to do it again here in Fort Worth. So I'm really excited about Panther City Lacrosse Club. Awesome. And then uh, number four, favorite lacrosse memory during your playing or coaching days? Uh, I would think, you know, the first championship in the National Lacrosse League in the spectrum, Johnny Tavares scoring in overtime was pretty special. But mm-hmm. then we went back home the next year and won in front of our home crowd. And that was, for lack of a better term, bananas. It was, it was <laughs> crazy. Uh, so that one stands out. 93 stands out uh, for me. Uh, with the bandits at home in the odd uh, beating the wings late awesome and then my final one for the lacrosse related questions are is who's someone in the lacrosse space that you've kind of leaned on as a mentor Uh, I'd have to say Bob McMahon Uh, Bob and I spent a lot of time together as a coach and a player he coached me with the Excelsiors in Brampton learned a lot about him and, and had a lot of respect for him and then we were he brought me into Albany when um you know Probably there was a lot of other guys that he could have brought with more experience and mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a better coach at that time. And he, he gave me a chance and, and then we got to work together in Arizona and Colorado, but our success in Arizona was so much fun with him because he, he kept me grounded and he, uh, he's just a great mentor, great mentor. So I'd say Bob McMahon. Awesome. Right. So the non-lacrosse related questions, what are some hobbies? I know this is taking up most of your time now and you're so involved with the game, but what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy partaking in when it's not lacrosse? Uh, well, my wife would say it's your hobby is lacrosse. So, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a tough one. Uh, 
you know, uh, keeping track of my kids, my, my daughter's in Denver, my son's back in Ontario, Canada. He's a city councillor in my, at my hometown, Old Sound, Ontario. So keeping track of him and, and watching them uh, go about their, uh, their lives is, is uh, something that's very rewarding for me. And my wife and I have a, have a Pembroke Welsh Corgi uh, dog that we mm -hmm. spend a lot of time with. And uh, so I'd have to say uh, those, those two things. There we go. Awesome. Uh, this is athletics related, but not lacrosse. Favorite non-lacrosse uh, sport or athlete to watch? You, you mentioned the great one, so I'm assuming hockey might be one of them. Yeah, no, hockey definitely is uh, played it, and, and I don't follow it as much as I used to, of course. But uh, And then, um, you know, the, the recent documentary of the Chicago Bulls, I was a big Michael Jordan fan, <laughs> and to, to watch that uh, – brought back a lot of great memories of following the Chicago Bulls and basketball as well. Number three, favorite spot to vacation. You know what? We just, just before COVID got to go to Bequi. Uh, it's in the Eastern Caribbean. Never been before. We have some family that uh, vacation there every year. We went down in February of 2019 and fell in love with it. Uh, hoping to get back soon someday. Awesome. Number four, favorite meal, and do you prefer to take out or cook at home? <laughs> well, chicken parm is uh, right. my favorite meal, and I, I, I like it so much. Uh, I either have it takeout or at home, but uh, um, enjoy the chicken parm. All right, awesome. Uh, and the last non-lacrosse-related question. You know, with, with quarantine, uh, we, we've been listening to a lot of podcasts, watching TV, reading books. We're curious if you have any recommendations on any books, podcasts, TV shows uh, you'd recommend? Oh, great. Uh, I just started uh, getting back into reading and I read uh, Brian Burke's um, book and I really enjoyed it. Brian Burke was a general manager in the National Hockey League. Okay. Uh, did the, the Maple Leafs and the Vancouver Canucks. He's the one that drafted the Sedin Twins into, to, mm, into Vancouver. Yeah. It was really interesting reading how he got... Uh, picks two and three in that in that draft yeah. to get both the twins great book brian burke's book uh is a, is a, a good read good yeah read. that's awesome i uh, i remember uh I was, I was younger at the time but just him stockpiling picks to trade picks to to make the those two deals were, were pretty impressive so yeah i'll have to sure was yeah. yeah what a what a maneuver too because i know the, the i'm pretty sure the twins didn't want to you know play separate so it was like you know how, how do you right. like swing that because it's easy for somebody to still draft one and you know play use them as trade bait or whatever so yeah pretty impressive what he did with that um yeah. our final question is uh again lacrosse related but it, it, we like to end on this one is what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally or even become a coach or gm professionally well uh, you know I, when i was a kid <laughs> i always refer back to when i was a kid there are a lot of kids who didn't play lacrosse. So I had to figure out pretty quickly that uh, if I'm going to become better, I got to do this on my own. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you always hear the 10,000 hours. And, mm -hmm. You know, you do anything for 10,000 hours, you become an expert. And I spent a lot of time on the wall. And uh, so I would, I would tell kids these days, if you really, truly want to become great, become better, fulfill your dreams in the game, you got to put the work in that lacrosse stick. If you look at the greats, there really is an extension of their arms. You look at John Grant Jr. and John Tavares, Casey Powell, 
list goes on. Those guys put the work in to the point where the stick in their hand is just absolutely natural. It, it, it's, there's no, you know, it, it is part of their, it's part of their DNA and part of their body. And uh, they just put the work in. And I can remember John Grant Jr. I played for his dad one summer and I can remember after the game, while we were in, you know, having a, having a beer after the game, you go out to the rink and there was junior at 12 years old doing tricks <laughs> with his stick. He was, mm -hmm. he, he, he had that stick in his hand all the time. So if you're truly willing to do it, my advice would be put the work in, find a wall, get after it. And in this day and age, you can watch video of a lot of great players too, which I would encourage no, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate that advice. Uh, Bob, thank you again for coming on. We're looking forward to seeing Panther City take the floor in 2021-2022 season. And, uh, you know, best of luck building this club. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you guys as well. Keep up the good work. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today, I also want to talk to you about our affiliate, Players Academy. Are you looking to improve your lacrosse game from home? Players Academy, started in part by multiple Hall of Fame lacrosse players, including Jay Jalbert, currently offers premier lacrosse online video instructional training courses from two of the top players in the world today, Atlas attackman Rob Pinnell and Archers midfielder Tom Schreiber. You can learn how to run the two-man game, perform Rob Pinnell's signature question mark dodge, attack from X, work the island, and more in these fun-to-watch lacrosse courses. We've also teamed up with Players Academy to offer a special $25 off your Players Academy course of choice. Simply use the code PLT at checkout and start learning from the best in the game today.